Welcome to Fireside Nets, brought to you by Empire Sports Media. We are your hosts, Ben and Nick. And happy August is something that people should say more to each other. Because it's August 1st. That means one more month of summer. That means one more fun in the sun for all you beachgoers I feel like August is like a sad, sad, August is probably the saddest month of summer, I'd say. Because it's back to school month. It's kind of like vacations ending, beach days are ending. Labor Day is kind of the turning point back to our miserable lives. So you say happy August, I say it's August. You know what we're doing at the end of August, Nick? I do know what we're doing. He said, I think I'll go to Boston. I think I'll start a new life. Um, that's the name of this episode, by the way, is... Uh... He said, I think I'll go to Boston. And that can be interpreted one of two ways. Kevin Durant. And it's actually ironic. Do you know who sings that song? August. August. Augustana. Okay. Well, I was close. You were close. There was a stupid guess that actually kind of worked out. I'm sorry. I got the first. Yeah. Anyway, Kevin Durant might become a Celtic. And and by the way, I'm going to go over some crazy trade trade theories that that an anonymous general manager in the NBA said. Um, But he might go to Boston, and and you and I are are going to Boston for my bachelor party at the end of the month. Yes, and hopefully by then he is a Celtic, and uh, we get Jalen Brown, my boy! Yeah, I don't think that's going to happen, and he's definitely not your boy! Um, All right, you don't know who my boys are and who they are not. (laughs) I know they don't have hammercocks. Anyway, that's a reference last week's episode, if you didn't listen, you're not going to get Which it. you didn't need to say in this episode. Like That was like a <laughs> reference that you didn't need to mention two weekends in a, two weeks in a row, but it's all good. Um, no, I'm excited. Nick's been putting together a really cool bachelor party for, for me, even though technically I'm married. It'll still be nice to get away with, with like 15, 16 gentlemen. Um, for those who are, are real fans of the show, you might recall on an episode either earlier this year or, or late last year, we had Stefan Bondi. Uh, on the show, and I talked about my bachelor party being in Las Vegas. I invited Stefan Bondi. He said he would come. Uh, unfortunately, it got moved. That was my decision. I thought that, you know, anybody can go to Vegas, right? But, like, let's go to Boston. Right? Yeah, no, I mean, listen, Vegas is a cool time. I don't think that was our vibe. I think we're with a bunch of dudes who want to kick back, drink some brewskis, and reminisce on the old times, you know, the good times. Vegas is like you, you're drinking to forget. Boston's you're drinking to remember. Exactly. And uh, if Stefan Bondi's listening, you're still invited. Just just shoot us a DM and I'll figure it out. Nick will work you, work you into the room situation. Uh, we'll charge you like, I don't know, 10% off. All right. Kevin Durant update. He's still in net as of August 1st, 2022. Uh, no progress on any trades. I did see it. I was I was uh, foreshadowing this or, or teasing this. Um, an anonymous general manager said they would they would do if they were the Celtics a Jason Tatum for Kevin Durant trade straight up and say screw it. We believe in the rest of this team as young and as talented as J- Jason Tatum is. And, and don't get me wrong, like 
We don't know if this guy's reached his full potential. He could get better. That's why people love Are you talking about Tatum, Tatum or Brown? Are you talking about Tatum? I'm talking about Jason Tatum. What Kevin Durant can do on the basketball court right now is more valuable than what Jason Tatum can do. You, you talk about Kevin Durant as a top five player. You don't really talk about Jason Tatum as a top five player. I think maybe you mentioned Tatum top 10. Uh, so I, I saw that. I thought it'd be interesting. It'd be funny to see Tatum in a Nets uniform, uh, but I don't, I don't think the Celtics do that. You, you don't sacrifice those years that, you know, Tatum has over, over Durant in terms of youth. Uh, even if Durant is a little bit better. Um, yeah, so I, I saw that. What do you think of that? If, if the Nets were to, to move KD for Tatum straight up, and maybe they get like one first-round pick. All right, this is a segment I like to call Let's Get Tropical. I'm putting on a puka shell necklace, and we're talking about Nets trades. Similarly to – this is too tight. Similarly to in Semi-Pro, where they trade – uh, Woody Harrelson for the laundromat uh, for the laundry machine, right? And that's it's a washing like, machine. Yeah, it's a washing machine, and that's kind of what this feels like in this current Brooklyn environment. Of you never know who we're going to offer, you never know who we're going to get, and then people come back with a more ridiculous trade or a, or a ridiculously thin trade that no one's going to do. So approaching it in that regard, hypothetically, <laughs> if we do straight up Durant for Jason Tatum, I don't want that. That is a stupid trade for the Nets because at the end of the day, yes, Jason Tatum is a superstar. Jason Tatum played his absolute butt off to get the Celtics to the number one seed, to push them to the playoffs. Obviously, he kind of crumbled towards the end. You can call it fatigue. You can call it like a mental breakdown. You can call it being young and and, and very raw and, and not ready for the big moment, whatever you want to call it. He played the most minutes in the NBA this past season. Fun fact, Jason Tatum there. With that said, he's just still not within two to three years to me in the caliber of Kevin Durant in crunch time. He is not a guaranteed 35. I've seen Tatum more up and down than Spencer goes on his girlfriend. <laughs> so I think basically what we want to do is get a little more out of that deal than just Tatum for Durant. Throw in, give me a Peyton Pritchard. Give me a Derek White. Give me a pick or two. Right now it's way too early. I know Tatum's 10 years younger than Durant. I'm exaggerating, probably eight. I still don't think that's a deal we're ready to do. Okay, first off, let's just uh, not ignore. That was the worst joke of all time. First of all, I'm married. Don't have a girlfriend. Second of all, I'm not even going to repeat what was said because my wife is in the room, and uh, I don't think she'd be too happy with you, Nick. Or maybe she would be. I don't know. Anyway, um, how does Nikki feel about a Kevin Durant, Jason Tatum trade right now? I'm gonna I'm gonna play you a little soundbite, and you guys tell me. That was a lot quicker than I thought it would be. He doesn't want it. He's not interested. Don't even bring it to the table. Jalen Brown, Marcus Smart, Robert Williams, and three first-round picks for Sean Marks is hanging up the phone. Agreed. Agreed. All right, yeah, we're going to move on. I want to apologize to Victoria. I love you. I'm sorry. Don't say your name, Victoria. Nikki says he's sorry. He made a joke about me going down on you. Yeah. No, I, I, I said up she gave and a look. down. I said, he I said, said up, up and down. down. Now he's trying to recover. Nick, this is your lucky. This is, like a, this is like a TVMA podcast. Thank God. We're, uh, we're explicit. We like to get a little graphic on this podcast. Not that graphic, though. Anyway, let's move on to a story that came up about Mike James. He was, well, it's not really about Mike James. It's about Kevin Durant uh, because 
these are the storylines we have on August 1st in, in you know, Nets, the Nets universe. Uh, by the way, I'm, I'm capping us at no more dirty, disgusting jokes for the rest of this podcast. I feel filthy right now. I don't know about you. You're um, the one who said Hammercock. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's move. Let's move on. Mike James was on the player's choice. Uh, check it out if you don't. It's actually a pretty cool podcast. I get a lot of their TikToks, but they have these really fascinating debates between like who is better, Tracy McGrady or Allen Iverson. Like they ask questions like that, and then five or six guys literally just go at it, spit basketball facts. Uh, very cool. Mike James was on the show the other day, and they asked him about Kevin Durant and their relationship. Mike James had a very, very interesting response. Listen to this. Kevin Durant. When I got to the Nets, like, uh, I think I only really knew, like, uh, Blake before I got there. Kev was one of the reasons, like, one of the people that vouched for me to come to Brooklyn to, like, for Brooklyn to sign me. So when I got signed and we was going on the road, we just like a lot of the same stuff. So we ended up just hanging out with each other every time on the road. Like, he got the big suite, so we'll just go in there, hang out, kick it, play the game, talk. So we just got close. And then after that, when I went back overseas, it was like, all right, whoever sees it in first, the other one's going to come to watch, like, the playoff. When I first said it, I thought, okay, you're going to be in the finals. I'm going to get to the finals. That's lit. Right. So when they was trash and they was losing, I called them one day. I was like, all right, so you know this, what this means, right? You're going to come to my playoff game. <laughs> he was like, there's no way I'm coming to your playoff game. And then, like, a week later, he called me before the playoffs. Like, he's like, yeah, I'm going to be there in, like, a couple of weeks. So we shouldn't have lose. But I have so sure. many questions. But I'm sure he's not private. <laughs> you know what? Like, he flew private back. He didn't fly private there because it was too expensive. And he was... All right. So you heard the sound bite. What's your major takeaway there? That's awesome. I think it's really funny that Mike James called the Nets trash in the playoffs because they kind of were. I think Kevin Durant's a good friend for flying across to see what random foreign team Mike James is playing for at the moment. That's a good dude right there. It's very supportive. I applaud Kevin Durant. I applaud Mike James. I mean, this that goes to show the NBA at the end of the day is still a community. It's still a brotherhood. People trying to make connections, trying to make friends. So I love that. I think at the end of the day, was, was it a good business move and team move for Kevin Durant to lobby for Mike James to come to the Nets? Maybe not. His tenor with the Nets wasn't great. But listen, I like to hear people supporting players, supporting players, basketball all, all around, all over the world. So that's the cool positive note to me. Do I, do I want Mike James to come back to the Nets? Not particularly. Yeah, a lot of Nets fans weren't too pumped. The fact that KD called uh, Mike James mid-Celtic you know, Celtic series and was like, yeah, I'll be there because we're, we're finna lose. Um, someone wrote, you know, what, what did you want him to do? Like, be down 0-3 and what's he supposed to say? Like, we got this. But Mike James clarified. So Mike James wrote, the funny thing is, the day of the game, he called me saying, I feel good, we going to win it all. He's actually ridiculous, LOL. So Mike James taking those words back a little bit that Durant said they were going to lose. Now Mike James is saying, like, well, he called me a few days later. He said they were going to win. Someone asked also, when did that happen? Like, when did KD call you and and say he was going to lose? Mike James says, I think it was 02 or 03. So when the Nets were down is when KD called and was like, yeah, I'll beat your playoff game. And then finally, Mike James, uh, you know, responds to someone basically saying, you got to watch the whole clip. Bro had MCL problems and nobody was playing when all that happened. He also called me like three days later and said they were going to win it all. So, yeah, season has its ups and downs. Can't watch a snippet and expect to get the whole story. Uh, still very I, interesting. I, yeah. 
I agree with that, dude. I've been in, in situations, you know me, like I, I'm one of the most competitive, biggest sore losers. I hate losing anything, whether it's one-on-one -on -one against you, whether it's five-on-five -five men's league, whether it's a video game, I fucking hate losing. Point being, when your team is not responding, when your team is not playing well, especially if you're a Kevin Durant, last year in the playoffs as well, before this past year, when Joe Harris couldn't hit a damn bucket, there's part of you after a loss that goes, dude, we're not going to win, not because I don't believe in myself and I believe in our ability, but because no one on my team is stepping up. So I can't fault Kevin Durant for after two games losing, after three games losing to the Celtics, saying we're kind of screwed, because that's probably in the moment how it felt. That didn't mean Durant was going to stop trying. That didn't mean Durant wasn't going to give everything he had to try to win the game. But he's one man. And if your team is not getting, if you don't have healthy players, if you don't have players that are stepping up in crunch time, if you don't have any players that are supporting you whatsoever, defensively, offensively, whatever it is to win the basketball game, yeah, there's moments where I go into a game, we won our men's league championship a few weeks ago, and we were down two injuries, two of our best players. I said, we're screwed. I was like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to work my ass off to win this game, but we're screwed. We ended up winning the championship because we had a fire under our belly, and we ended up coming back from fucking the slums of these games to win, the, to win two in a row. Uh, fatigued out of our ass. My point being, I'm never going to fault Kevin Durant for being down on his team when his team has given him no signs of life. That's very fair for a superstar to say, yo, we might lose, not because of me, I'm going to keep going, but because my team's trash right now. So I'm never going to fault Durant. No player is going to be falsely optimistic down 0-3 unless they're trying to please the fans or please the media. They're never going to be like, we got this, hee <laughs> hee. Yeah, I don't think players sound like that even when they do have it. Um, a lot of players say he he. It's a fact. I love how you just compared your men's league to fucking the NBA and Kevin Durant as if you and Kevin Durant are the same same breed of human being. I mean, bro, uh, if, what if the men's league to me is as big as the NBA playoffs to Durant? Then really, isn't it just the same thing? It's not. No, it's not. No, I don't have a problem with it. Look, it, it, Mike James was just trying to say like we're buddies. You know, when when I invited him to my playoffs, he didn't think he was going to be able to come, and then. We were talking. He said he'd come. Who cares? You know, it's not like – here's the thing with KD, and this is why Nets fans will love him and they'll always love him. He doesn't pull a James Harden and give you a lack of effort when the chips are down. He is the type to step up and, and do what he can to carry this team. Did he have a great series against the Boston Celtics? Hell no. He did not play up to his standard. I don't think the entire Nets team really played up to what they were capable of. Uh, but KD can say whatever he wants on the phone. He's not the type to dog it. And I think – that has a lot of people confident in him coming back and playing with the Brooklyn Nets if the Nets don't trade him. So report came out the other day basically saying, this is what I just said, but I'll, I'll reiterate it. NBA insiders do not think Kevin Durant is wired to sit out, thinks he will play on the Brooklyn Nets to start the season, if not traded. Why, why are people so confident that he's not going to sit out? Because he's 33 years old. He's turning 34 in a few months. And there's a chance that he doesn't get traded. And we're his best bet to win a championship. He's turning 34 on September 29th in two months. Okay? And if he's going to hold out, where is he going to end up? Is he going to end up on a playoff contender? Is he going to end up in a position to have a, a significant immediate impact? Honestly, yeah, probably. He's probably going to go to a good team. With that said, dude, if I'm Kevin Durant and I want to win a ship, and I have Kyrie Irving, and I have pieces of the puzzle. It's not perfect. It might have to come together. It might take work. Joe Harris, is he going to step up? Is Seth Curry going to step up? Who are we going to have? Claxton, is he going to be more developed than he was last year and the year before that? But, dude, he's a baller. And that's what I love about Kevin Durant. I know he's very controversial. He says stupid things sometimes. He gets himself in a lot of trouble. But first and foremost, before anything, Kevin Durant loves basketball. And he just wants to get out there and play. 
And I'll have to give him credit fighting through injuries, carrying us against the Bucks when we stepped on the line, almost won us that series back in the day two years ago. And this past series against the Celtics, giving it literally everything he had with no help with those MCL issues you were talking about. So to me, he's not the guy to sit out. He's not the guy to stop playing. He always wants to prove his legacy. He talks a lot about legacy. He tweets a lot about legacy. He wants to go down as one of the greats. And I don't think a great player of his caliber sits out and misses a chance to be great. Key uh, part of your sentence is I don't think the NBA insiders don't believe that KD is wired. Why wired to do something? Why are we trying to assume this guy's actions? Why do we think he's going to do what we want him to do? He something has to happen where he has to speak with Nets management and they have to come to some sort of arrangement because right now, it's a bad look. He's not publicly acknowledging the Brooklyn Nets in the slightest. Every, you know, he had his uh, premiere at um, the uh, the Point God documentary. It was a thing in New York. Paul Pierce was there. bunch of big names were there. Reporters tried to ask KD questions. He won't answer them. So what I'm trying to say is, until I see any sort of momentum towards Kevin Durant willing to reconcile with the Brooklyn Nets and rescind that trade offer, I, I really don't think he's going to play. There's I, I, something that tells me that. Now, I, I hope I'm wrong. I hope everyone else is right. But when you're in a fight with someone and you, you're just not talking to them, usually you just don't show up and everything's hunky-dory. Something has to happen before that. So, Well, does he start my, losing money if he misses games? Does he lose yeah, money it'll, it'll be, Yes, he would. Okay, so, so to me, it's a bad business move. It's a bad uh, – I don't know, it's about a disrespectful move. I get what you're saying, but to me, I would be very surprised and disappointed in him as a person if he was going to sit out those games. I think I think we'd all be surprised, but but right now, nothing tells me that he's going to play for the Brooklyn Nets because I don't think Kevin Durant is about to do something that Kevin Durant doesn't want to do. Hey, no all right, let's move Lester on. Lester City was going to win. Did I? I said no one thought Leicester City was going to win the Premier League a couple years back, five years back. Oh, you thought – I thought you said that. I didn't think they were going to win because I thought they were going to win that season. I just no, didn't you tell did not. No, you did not. All right. Uh, we have the passing of a sports legend. He was so much more than a basketball player. RIP Bill Russell, literally one of the greatest athletes of all time, one of the biggest names in the sport, the first African-American head coach in the NBA, 11-time champion, one of the best defensive players, one of the best rebounders of all time, uh, and, and just just a great, great person, Bill Russell. Really sad. I think he was eighty eight years old. Um, yeah. Just what are your what are your thoughts on the passing of Bill Russell? Yeah, R.I.P. Man, he won eleven championships in thirteen seasons. He averaged over twenty two rebounds a game. Like those numbers are not only unheard of, but not even closely matched by anybody ever. So nothing but respect for Bill Russell. You know, I read a lot about him the past couple of days and it seemed he was just a, a guy who had integrity. He loved winning. He had a great sense of humor. Uh, he married Miss USA at some point. So huge props to Billy R. Um, but yeah, just a, a likable, respectable dude. Coached, played, did it all. I mean, you know, my favorite Bill Russell thing is when I think it was Wilt Chamberlain got the highest NBA salary in like the 60s, like $100,000, Bill Russell uh, went to the Celtics organization and said, I want $100,001 salary to be higher than Bill Russell. And they immediately obliged and gave him that, which I thought, sorry, then Wilt Chamberlain, yeah. 
Right. That's very That's interesting. Cool. I, got, I, got, I got two things. One's serious, one's kind of funny. Uh, I was listening to uh, – NBA TV was on this morning, and they were talking to Kenny Anderson – not Kenny Anderson, Kenny Smith, Kenny the Jet. And um, he was talking about a Bill Russell story where uh, Bill Russell was on the phone with him, and he was talking about these international players. And Kenny Smith was like, well, why do you want to go get a, get a player from overseas when you can get a guy from Alabama, from any U.S. college? And uh, Bill Russell stopped him. And I don't want to, I don't know the exact quote, but he basically said, you know, the inclusion that you're sort of projecting about U.S. players being superior than, you know, overseas players, it's a little bit racist. It's a little bit what African Americans have had to deal with in America, being looked down upon uh, because of, you know, their race and their ethnicity. So um, that's what, that's what Bill Russell said to Kenny, Kenny Smith. And Kenny Smith stopped. He's like, you're right. You're right. I, you're absolutely right. It was kind of one of those like teachable moments. So I thought that was, that was a very cool Bill Russell story. Uh, the funny thing I'll say is he did all this winning in the city of Boston. One of like historically the most racist cities of all time. Bill Russell is a God there. I don't think there's a more famous athlete that was on this planet than Bill Russell before his passing. So RIP, the fact that he did it in Boston, dude, I mean, with all that shit and he dealt with his fair share of racism. I was reading some stories today. I mean, obviously every single athlete did back then and it, it sucks. Um, but yeah, there were some, there were some stories that I think um, I forget who, who was telling them, but he, he dealt with a lot of shit. Um, I would say Michael was, Jordan though. And yeah. a couple of players are a little more famous, but I get what you're saying in the city of Boston, in the city like of Boston, Tom Brady, Bill Russell. Yeah. No Mar Garcia Parra. And again, the title of this episode, he said, I think I'll go to Boston. You know, you, you can't talk about the Brooklyn Nets. You can't talk about anything basketball related with the Boston Celtics coming up. Or yeah, they they come up in every single conversation show. RIP to a basketball legend, in my opinion, the best Celtic of all time. All right. We have two more segments before the end of the show, Nick. The the first one is a segment I'd like to call Wow, that's neat. Steph No is his last name, N-O-H, tweeted the following. Going through the NBA's tracking data this morning, top five players whose threes are mostly wide open, minimum 100 attempts, plus the percentages they shoot on them. So I'll give you five through two, and you have to try to guess one. And the hint is it's a Brooklyn net. Five, Dorian Finney-Smith at 41.1%. And ignore the numbers because they're fluky, but basically, yeah. Reggie Bullock, number four, 39.9%. Maxi Kleber, three, 35.7%. Wes Matthews, two, 38.6%. Who is the net who's number one in this stat, even though their 40.4% is lower than Dorian Finney-Smith? Joe Harris. Eh. Uh, Patty Mills. Royce O'Neal. Oh, that's a trick question. He's barely a net. He's a net. He signed a contract. He's a net. All right. I mean, we have yes, some good. Never... We have some, some great trivia for you, Nick. So I'm going to give you three clues. All right. You have three guesses to guess who this player is. Okay. I'm ready. I will give you, and there are five players that we're going to run through. I will give you three additional security questions, but you have to choose them wisely. You only get three extra questions, okay? 
Okay. Or extra hints, extra hints. I got it, I got it. Okay. Number one, this player was number six. The college they went to was Providence. Lance Stevenson. In their their career, Lance Stevenson went to Cincinnati. In their career with the New Jersey slash Brooklyn Nets, they averaged respectively 12.6 points per game and then – 5.4 5.4 points per game in the next season. Who Providence? is this player? Tyrod Taylor. Providence. You're thinking of Tyshawn Taylor, and it's not Tyshawn Taylor. Tyson, get three. Really I'll give you – I'll give you uh, – how many guesses do you want? Three? Uh, sure. No, you don't. You get, you, get, you get two guesses. You get two guesses. Each All one. right, well, give me a second. Okay. Number um, six. Is he still in the Providence? He's he's not in the league. I'm not going to count that as a hint, but he's not in the league. Providence, he's not in the league. Um, I don't. Know. There's like one guy from Providence I know who was a guard who was bounced around the league. Who uh, is it? What's his name? Chris. You're not off. Chris, who was it? Marshawn Brooks. Uh, wait. He went to uh, Providence. Yeah, you're right. You're right. I was thinking right. of Marcus Williams. You are 0 for 1. So that now we're going to go to question number two. Are you ready? Yeah. Okay, here we go. This are these player all nets? Played. Yes. Okay, okay. This player played in the NBA from 2004 to 2011. He played... Four seasons with the Brooklyn Nets. In his best season, he averaged 16.4 points per game and 6.8 rebounds per game. Aaron Williams. No. That's one guess. You want his jersey number? Do you think it will help you at all? Yeah, sure. Okay, the jersey number is number 12. Nanad Kristich. Yeah. Ding, Let's ding, ding, go. ding. Let's go. All right. So we are one for two now with Nets trivia. Okay. So number three, this player is actively in the NBA and he played for Brooklyn for two seasons where he averaged about seven points per game. Okay. His number for the Brooklyn Nets was it was number uh, nine. And he went to the college of uh, I don't know if he went to college. I'm not seeing it up here. Number nine, two seasons with the Nets, but now he's on other teams. He did not play in uh, college in the United States. He played overseas. Okay, so is he a foreign player? Yes. Foreign player number nine. You, a lot of hits. you haven't even used your security hints yet. <sighs> These are tough, bro. And they played for the Brooklyn Nets, not the New Jersey Nets. Brooklyn Nets in the last five years. They've only been in the league for five seasons, and they're active. All right, give me another hint. 
But the other hint is uh, he was one of the Bor- most hated. Bor- Dragic. One of the most hated players on the team. What? By Nets Twitter and the whole Nets fan base and anyone who rooted for the Nets whenever he played. Did I like him? No, you did not like him. He had three names. Timothy Luau Cabrera. Yes. <laughs> yes, I, I believe he played his, his uh, basketball prior to the NBA in, in France. France. Yeah. All right. So you're O for your. I was going to say that before you said he had three names. I was going to say that. Okay. Once you said this you one, this one I'm very excited for. Um, so Lucha here we Sanders. go. This player played in the NBA from 2012. I'm sorry, 2001 to 2015. He played one season with Brooklyn. He, I'm sorry, two seasons. One with the New Jersey Nets, where he averaged 15 points per game, and one season in Brooklyn, where he averaged 7.7 points per game. Um, his nickname was Crash and G-Force, and he went to Alabama for college. Crash and G-Force? I don't think you're going to remember him by his nickname. Basketball references just has all nicknames. Okay. Started in 2001, retired in 2015. So he played with Brooklyn towards the end of his career for one His season. number was 45. He was a big man. He was 45. Like, it wasn't like Lance Thomas. Um, we're 45. Give me another hint. Where do you go to college? Alabama. Gerald he was. He was yes, that's it. Ding, bang, ding, 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 ding. Okay, what's your? Uh, what are you two for four right now? Well, you're not counting my Timothy Lawu Cabarro. We're gonna we're gonna count that. Yeah, yeah, three for four. All right, fine. Okay, final one. Okay, this player played from 2002 to 2008. He played two seasons, actually three seasons, with the Brooklyn Nets. His best season, he averaged 9.8 points per game. On 35, I'm sorry, 36% from three. Okay. Who is this player? Eddie House. No, incorrect. Do you want any more information? Lucius Harris. Wrong. I actually had him on my list, but this is not Lucius Harris. He played for the Nets from 2005 to 2008, a total of three seasons. In his first season, he didn't really play. He became a really good role player in his last two seasons, and those were his final two seasons in the NBA. He is a 6'9 hybrid forward. So it's not Zoran Planinich? No, but that would have been a good one. Is it a Boki Nakbar? It is Boki Nakbar. <laughs> Former guest yeah. on Fireside Nets. I really thought you were going to do Lucius Harris because we just love Lucius Harris. So I had Lucius Harris written, but you ran through Gerald Wallace pretty quickly. And I feel like Lucius Harris, you just would have got. Also, you said Lucius Harris before I started reading everything. <laughs> so I didn't think it would be cool to do that. Um, but yeah, man, that's it. That's this. That's the that's the podcast. Thank you guys for listening. Uh, me and Nick got off the rails there a little bit, but can you blame us? It's the NBA offseason. There's nothing going on. Uh, people are actually starting to talk about baseball, which is making me sick. Do you care about the Yankees or the Mets or anything? I've been getting some free Yankees tickets lately, so – but no. I like watching yeah, Aaron exactly. Judge hit home runs. That dude fucking rips them. Yeah. Yeah. He's uh, he's a pretty good home run hitter. 
Uh, but I'm just not a huge baseball guy. And, and especially like wake me up in October is in the playoff start. And I'll actually watch. Um, I'm sorry. Football, you said wake me up in October. Why didn't you say wake me up when September ends? Yeah, sure. Again, I don't want too many song references in one episode. We already do. You think Billy Joe stuff. Armstrong, Billy Joe Armstrong, when he wrote that, was talking about how he wanted baseball season to end? Yeah, you know it's funny. So you know, August Augustana has the month of August, right? And then Green Day has the month of September. Does any band sing a song about uh, about October? I think maybe the Beatles. I feel like uh, no. December is uh, Counting Crows. Yeah, is there a famous song? I don't know. Song I don't know a song about October. October. Here we go. Best October songs. There's a song called October by Alessia Cara. And then there's a song called The October Man by Bill Nelson. And then there's another song called Night in the Lonesome October by Calabrese. There's a lot of songs uh, with October. So, okay. You barely had me. You barely had me with Alessia Cara. And then you just went off the rails. All right. uh, Good pod. I'll see you at dinner on Friday. All right. Fireside Nets brought to you by Empire Sports Media. Thank you for listening. Bye-bye. And as we always say, keep it crispy. Catch you on the fire side. Keep it crispy.